I'm reading my early notes here. So many things I didn't know. How could you have known? So much I couldn't see coming for me. I don't, I don't even know, I don't know how, how we're going to make too many jokes about this one, you know? Yeah. It was a, it was rough and tumble. Folks, you are listening to Let's Get Way Into Dune, which is a podcast that does exactly what it says right there on the tin. We, uh, used to not know anything about Dune. Now we've read two whole books about Dune. Um, oh, I'd say we um, know more than the average bear about Dune now. And, and because to, to of a la- that, to a layman, we have already we know way more about Dune than anyone should know. And but because of to, that, to us, our quest has just begun. And because of that, uh, when when we next see the 2021 debut of Javier Bardem, we're gonna know. We're going to know what it's all about. I've definitely said his name before. It's a we, debut, used... huh? <laughs> it's his 2021 debut. Oh, sure, sure, sure. It is for all of it, except for maybe Timothy Chalamet. He's in like a movie every month. Yeah, I know. For real, man. Dan and I have committed to not seeing any films in theaters until until Dune. Yeah. Not too hard given the current world event, but but there's not much that I want to see before that comes yeah, out I'm, before Dune. I'm not... I'm not going out to Cruella, you know? Baby, it's not going to be A Quiet Place Part 2. That's not going to happen. And all the if you, if you notice, all the ads are like, this is the experience that theaters were made for. And it's like... I will I be know, getting man. a free trial of HBO Max so that I can watch In the Heights. And then you will be getting a free trial of HBO Max so that we can watch Dune again after we watch it. <laughs> all right. So, um, this month, we read, and by this month, I mean this month, I read Dune Messiah, and Dan read about half of it today. (laughs) Well, let me grab my copy. Your coffee? My copy of the the book. Oh. (laughs) I'm not... I did read a good third of the book today. Yeah, I did read a... I, I have a... I mean, this is a little, maybe a little inside baseball, but I have a bad habit uh, of procrastinating uh, reading the books until the very end. So I've had a weird experience where I, like, read, like, a good, like, third or, like, two-fifths of it, and then the last, like, week, I'm like, oh, (laughs) I read so much. Um, To be fair. I did read more of this book, and this is the, the, the least scattered uh read i've had where it sort of happened all the way through but i did read a good like i did read a good like uh quarter of it today to be Uh, fair and and to be fair to dan um you don't really commute these days and i take the train almost almost every day i take the train somewhere so i'm always reading on the train and you don't have you don't have a good you you have you rarely find yourself in a time where you don't have internet access so I can understand yeah, not reading a book. It's awful. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, yes. But, you know, uh, starting tomorrow, I have I have tr- to go on a train every day. So uh, maybe that will j- change with next month. But why, why go that far and why not look backward into the book that we've read this month, Silas, Dune Messiah by Frank Herbert. That's right. 1969 and, classic. And so, wow, you did your research. I didn't know... 
69, you said? Yeah, I got the Wikipedia page open. When did the first one come out? 64? 65. 65. So there's a few years in between. So, of well, course... Dune is 65, this is 69, and then Children's Dune is 76. Well, it's a big one, it so I can Im- I can yeah. imagine it took him a little bit. But but let me just um, go ahead and point out, before we really get into it here, that there are spoilers ahead. So if you <gasps> haven't read Dune Messiah, but you intend to, um, then I would recommend pausing and going and reading Dune Messiah before you come back and hit play on this episode. And, do read it. And do, do read it. This, this podcast, or at least the book... Uh, the book club episodes are really designed to be a companion piece for the for the yep. books. Our other our other schlock is is we is us <laughs> uh, doing the Dune media so that you don't have to. Don't play the Dune video games. Don't, don't do bother with the three part miniseries. They're not very good. Uh, but we are here today to talk about something that I thought was pretty good. And I thought it was all right. We know, and I was curious because we in the in the afterword for Dune, um, Brian Herbert wrote that a lot of people didn't like Messiah because it's because it's a very different feeling than Dune. Um, yep. And so I went into this book kind of prepared to not really enjoy it very much, and hmm. I will I'll say. I didn't like it as much as Dune, but I still liked it a lot. That's so interesting because I went in with the exact opposite feeling. I was like, I read the afterword and I was like, oh, okay, a lot of people didn't understand it because I wanted more like swashbuckling adventures of young Paul. But what they got was like, you know, an allegory against m- messiah figures. And I was like, oh, that's going to be super fucking cool to read. Um... So I was like, I, I went in like being like, all right, I kind of understand why people wouldn't like that, but I know what I'm getting into going in, so I think I'll enjoy it, and I and I did enjoy it, and of course I didn't like it as much as Dune. I think that's I think Dune's a masterpiece. That probably goes without um, saying, yeah. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I feel like you liked it a little bit more than me. I I I don't maybe I don't love it this one, but I do like it a lot. Um, well, so I cracked it open. And the first chapter, which I didn't, I couldn't even tell at first if it was part of the book. Um, the first thing, there's an introduction, which I read, and then I don't remember anything from it. And then there's a weird... Um, oh, yeah, the Q&A. Like, there's a, like, literally, it's in the form of a Q&A, and it's, uh, it's like a, it's called Excerpts from the Death Cell Interview with Bronzo of Ix, which is already, Frank, back on his bullshit of, like, whiplash... <laughs> Just like sci-fi terms that don't mean anything to you, yeah. Um, and there's plenty of that in in this weird Q and A, and then, um, and even all through the first chapter, mm. which is the first chapter is a um is the formation of a plot against mm. Muad'Dib, the emperor, as yes. as he has become. Uh, in in the twelve years that have passed since Dune, making yes, Paul now, yes, yes. which make. It took it took a minute for me to for it to really land that Paul and Chani are thirty years old now, Ugh. which is That's like basically dead. <laughs> well, because because we made such a point of like the last book was, you know, they were eighteen at the end of it, and we were could really like relate to some of 
like not yeah. the things they were going through per se, but like the experiences of growing up, which were mm-hmm. which were in it, and Often now without a choice, right? And now they're like adults and trying to like have babies, and they've sort of passed us now, which is a weird feeling. Yeah. Um. Yeah, for sure. Um. Yeah, I mean the the, the Q and A to me was like. <laughs> was kind of like catching you up if you didn't read the first book somehow. Mm. Um, like it was, there, was, there was a lot of like exposition that me, a, a reader of Dune, already knew. It felt sort of like Frank Herbert was like, you should read the first one, but if you didn't, here's a little refresher anyway. Well, um, well I, was, the- I was thinking that, yeah, when I was reading this, is like, good for, good for Frank that he's finally doing exposition. Like I could, I if I hadn't read Dune, I could pick this book up and kind of understand what was happening. Yeah, and the first, the first chapter of like, it feels so. I don't know. It feels so cliche almost. I guess it's unfair to say that when this, when this series like invented a lot of cliches, it, they weren't cliches back then. But right, the the sequel opening with the bad guys being like, <laughs> well, sitting around we a big gotta table. get our revenge. You know. <laughs> yeah. So we have um we learn that um the jihad that Paul was ter- had his terrifying dreams about not only did occur but has been occurring for the last twelve years. Yeah, the jihad the Fre- is still happening. The Fremen have have basically become religious fanatics over over Paul, and they've decided to um, leverage his uh, imperial power to to spread out across the known universe and and convert and dominate uh, everyone they can and so because of that we have this motley crew it's um <laughs> it's the reverend mother uh gaius yep, helen um... mohame which is of course the the pain box woman from the first book mm-hmm. we have um we have edric a guild navigator um he's a big spice addicted fish man in a tube um we have we have um who else is there? Um, we have a Saitel. I was gonna, Cytel. yeah. So I was gonna wait on him, but but because so he he gives us so much new information. But we have Saitel, who yep. is a a face dancer, which is just a shapeshifter. Um, yep. of like of the cool. of the Tlilaxu, which is another yeah, like Bene. new the Bene Tlilax, which we don't yes. we don't at this point in the book know what that means. Yeah. Um. And then and also, Princess Irulan. Right. That's right. Princess Irulan herself. Um, she wants because well, and and she of course wants um a baby from Paul because yeah. she wants to That's preserve uh right her imperial line. And who wouldn't? Right. And of course she she is a Bene Gesserit as well. So she wants yes. She they they want to keep the breeding program going even yeah, though they've course. made their Quizots Hadarak. They feel like they could probably make a few well, more. There's I also guess. revealed that there was a like they they made a second one, like they made a like a the Benedict right. Lax made a, a different one. So the the Tlaxu, um, we learn are basically all we know is that they have a planet to themselves, um, which I think is what Ix is. I could be wrong about that. Um, I think the Ixians may be something completely different, but they. They do terrible, um, like, 
science and surgeries and like yes. machine ma- like they they make people basically like um yeah like one and one thing that they make is is called a gola mm-hmm. which is where they take a dead person and and you know put back together any parts of them that got blown up or anything and and they basically bring them back to life but instead of being the person that they were all of the like memories and feelings and everything that they had are kind of like wiped and it's a brand new like programmed person with the same body though same brain same everything except for i guess the eyes i don't know if the eyes are always replaced metallic eyes yeah but but they also are they also talk about you know there's a there's a certain point where they talk about people need more eyes or something for for whatever and um yeah, Someone's one like, of the I don't things want those because because the tilak the tle- say what is it the tlelaxu it's the tlelaxu eyes li- uh, yeah yeah. If someone <laughs> says that the the, the tlelaxu eyes they don't they want to they're refusing them even though they don't have eyes they're refusing them uh, because there's been tell of like they the steal eyes. your body yeah the eyes like will be the your body will be a host for the eyes as will or something, which is really, so, really, really cool. And so are the golas. Golas are we'll, awesomely cool. We'll, and we'll come back to that because I have a th- that I remember at one point having a theory about why that would happen. But anyway, hmm. um, in this in this plot, it's revealed that the Tlaxu have recovered the dead body of Duncan Idaho and hmm. and um, given him some metal eyes, and they have brought them brought him back as a gola who is. A mentat and a um, scholar of the Zensuni, which is yep. um, the precursors to the Fremen, and um, they've named him. It's it's spelled H A Y T. So I was reading it as hate, but I guess I it could was also, also be, reading it as hate. I guess height? it could be height, but both sound weird because ha- hate yeah. feels too on the nose. Yes, that, yes, that, exactly. Yeah, mm, we hate height. this. We we despise this Muadib fellow. What should we name the Gola we're going to give him? I think it should be height. I think it should be hate, because that's what I do to him. <laughs> well, I hate him. Um, <laughs> um so yeah. so the Talaxu are like this new thing that I could tell right. I I wrote in my notes like they appear to be a driving force in this book, but I do not know what they are. Yes, and they fucking are. Yeah, um, for big time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have a and, second note, but it, it but it skips this chapter. So, well, um, go for it, and I'll I'll let you know if it skips any. Of All mine. right, my second note after sequel starts with bad guys plotting trope is uh-huh. Johnny wants to get cucked. Oh well, so before that, <laughs> I noticed um, that the very first mention of Johnny in the book. Uh, makes a note of how elfin her features was are. Elfin, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like straight away, Frank doesn't shot, let us maybe. down. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so so she and Paul are, have been trying to have a baby, but they, it isn't working. Which we dis- which we we find out in the previous chapter is because Irulan has been putting a contraceptive in uh, Chani's food, which is pretty fucked up. But yeah. <laughs> um, so Irulan. Because Irulan wants to convince... Paul, you know, basically promised at the end of Dune that he would never, ever touch her. And he's made good on that promise. Um, but Chani is very utilitarian. And she feels like it's more important that there's an heir 
to the throne. So she wants Paul and Irulan to to get it on. Um, <laughs> in fact, I actually distinctly remember a part where um, um, the Reverend Mother Gaius Helen Mohame um, floats the idea to um, Irulan of just doing some artificial insemination and uh and she's she doesn't she's not happy with that Irulan does no. needs the full experience for this to, to get be the real it. deal yeah um yeah. oh we know that we we find out that paul um has stopped looking at the future for the most part he doesn't do it yeah. very often because it's it's very like draining on him it takes a lot of energy and it also is just like not worth it at this point yeah oh and a lot has a lot has changed um since since dune like we find out that hara is now stilgar's wife yeah his favorite of of his wives oh i didn't notice that that there's oh. they mentioned he has multiple <laughs> yes he, he was um, still a bachelor in the at the I end know. of the last book wasn't he well the he got like appointed to some special post at the end of yeah the i guess he's he's a pretty big deal clout. these days yeah. <laughs> so um <laughs> there's a quote i wrote down i think from paul he says of irulan because they there's an interesting thing in this book where it's like everybody's plotting against each other, you know, treachery within treachery within treachery, but everybody also kind of knows that everybody else is plotting all yes. the time. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so Paul says, uh, plotting is as natural to her as writing her stupid histories, which I liked that <laughs> there was mention made of the fact that, um, all of these little blurbs at the beginning of the chapters are written by Irulan because mm -hmm. that's just, that's just her thing. I guess she likes yeah. to write down histories. Yeah. Um Yeah, I mean we haven't mentioned I guess it doesn't come up yet, maybe, but I wanna talk about a little bit about Alia. Um, oh yeah. Alia's really here. Great, really cool character in this book. And that yeah. that made me think of um uh what you said about everyone kinda knows it's happening. Uh right. made me think of a an Alia part, which I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but when they give uh the trait like Paul they give Paul height, the Gola of Duncan um you know they mentioned a little bit before like maybe we could get we get we, she, she she won't be able to resist him to alia um, right they just and know alia that. sort of like knows that and he's like oh they definitely send him because i would they know i would think he's attractive and want to fuck him and then he would kill me um, which is like <laughs> i gotta figure out if that's the case though right <laughs> yeah okay that is definitely getting ahead of ourselves um yeah but um we we find out we find out a lot about what has changed there's so there's water now in in Arakeen, yes. in the like castle like palace city um and there's like fountains even there's fountains there's trees growing and stuff like out you know out in the desert there's still no water but like the um paul has all this money so like the the process of terraforming arrakis is is happening slowly but surely Kynes's dream yeah I'm sure that, that that put a smile on your face that Kynes's dream will live on. <laughs> yes. Um also it's just cool, man. It is cool. It's just it's very cool. They're terraforming a terrible uninhabitable world into like a paradise in theory. Um Oh, so so the next scene and and this is why I didn't want to skip ahead too much because the next scene is um Sightail, the face dancer. Uh, disguises himself as Duncan Idaho, and he goes to a Fremen named Farrock, who I don't remember if he's mentioned in the first book, but he is from he's from Paul's Siege, and um, and he basically like 
we don't really know what's happening, but he he's talk he's like talking to Farrakh about Far Farrakh was a prominent like officer in the jihad and he's very disenfranchised now and angry and he just wants to sit at home. And mm-hmm. Sytail um uh Sytail kills him and kills his blind son who oh that's where they mention the um the thing about um not wanting Salaxu eyes for him. Yes, but, yes. Um and and he steals this drugged out girl who's been living mm-hmm. in their house and like it's one of these like I still had no idea what's going on at this point. Um <laughs> that thing was really really cool though. It was so good. The, he it's talks like, about like seeing oceans and like the way oh, that oh, Fa- Farrakh. And... Yeah, Farrakh yeah, sees Farrakh. his first ocean while he's on the jihad. It was so, so, so cool. Um, like, that's like classic Frank Herbert writing to me. Like, the way he, he described that. Um, totally. And then he just like... Sightail just fucking kills him and takes the girl. Um, also, we learn in this chapter that Sightail is non-binary representation. Um, oh right well yeah he's 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 male right now but not always he's like he's gen- he's <laughs> yeah. gender fluid yes yeah good for which him. was or them it was yeah i mean it, it, he he i think he says in the chapter i am he right now um yeah <laughs> which is like actually i will say like we we talk about this because obviously these books came out in like the 60s and 70s and so um and 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 there are things there have been things in both books that are like social socially relevant now mm-hmm. um and and frank has always treated them with a lot of grace which is yeah. you know not that i wouldn't expect that but just that it's a little more surprising knowing when the books were written and knowing Absolutely. what public opinion was like at the time um and and i mean you know obviously Saitil's gender identity is not an important part of the book, but it's never no, like, no. but it, but it, it's, um, it, but it is like, it's very matter of fact. It's just like today, you know, right now I am male. This is the form I'm taking. And of course he's also a shapeshifter. Um, but right. You know, like just, I, I like, it says something like that. Like I am he right now. <laughs> and it's just yeah. like, I don't know. No, um, nothing snide about it. Which no, which, no, it's just... which easily could have been in a book from the sixties, right? For sure. Um, so um, right. So we get to. I I wrote some notes down about Alia because she shows up, but I don't remember what right. what was happening in the chapter. But um, so Alia's fifteen in this book, which is the same age that Paul was at the beginning of Dune, mm-hmm. which I just thought was kind of cool. Um, yeah, she says something. I don't remember who she's talking to, but she mentions the most terrifying moment of her life was when she wasn't even born yet and gained the memories of countless lives. She's like, <laughs> you have to remember, like, she talks like, I mean, she's like very much a person and a character now, not just some creepy little kid. And you have to remember, like, oh, this is really like, <laughs> that's all very real for you, huh? That's like mm-hmm. stuff you went through. Trauma. Um, right. The um, trauma of a little girl. I wrote that Irulan is desperate for some action with Paul, which of course we covered. Yeah. Um, um, my next thing is, um, yeah. please tell me we ain't crossbreeding in this bitch. Oh, wait. What do you mean by that? Uh, and then my next note is, don't tell me we are doing incest, please. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> so that's the part where, and that's also, I think, where, um, yeah. Okay, <laughs> I have a I have a couple of 
um, things before that, but just little thoughts. But then I, so the scene you're talking about is one where the Reverend Mother and Irulan are talking about how to get this Imperial heir out of Paul. Um, But before that, (laughs) I just wanted to say, I wrote down a note that says, Paul sits on a lion throne and wears a fish crown. I will forget what this means. And lo and behold, <laughs> I have I have forgotten what that means. What the fuck? Um, so so the Gola is so we so um we'll get to that Irulan and Reverend Mother scene, but that does skip the scene where the Gola arrives. Yes. Um, named Hate, but then Alia recognizes him from her own mother's memories. Um, and um. And I wrote that, that um, yeah, I wrote down, hey, I'm pretty sure what, this is what they want, but I want to fuck that guy. <laughs> that's a that's a quote I'm attributing to Alia when she yeah, sees the Gola. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I, I wrote, um, Golas fucking and- that f- fucking Duncan Idaho character is wrong. I don't want to be right. <laughs> it's going to be Jason Momoa too, so good right. on you, gal. Yeah, it will be a little bit weird when it's in the- if they keep making these movies, if it's Jason Momoa and, you know, a 15-year-old girl. But uh, hopefully... It's Hollywood, I, dude. I'm sure they'll make it okay. <laughs> you yeah. know? I'm sure they'll cast an of-age actor and pro- possibly change her age in the... Uh, we'll see. Anyway. Um, I, I don't know if the Dune Messiah movie's ever coming out. <laughs> yeah, I have to hope. And I might Maybe they'll wait 12 years so that... Uh, so that Timothy Chalamet gets older. Yeah, 30-year-old Chalamet. What, but, what skeletons will come up before then? Implying that he is currently 18. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, throwing some real shade at Timothy Chalamet there, that just sunk in. What do you mean? I, I, bro, I, no actor is safe these days. Oh, my Everyone's God. Everyone's done some... You just came out about the Aaron from The Office? What? The Unbreakable? Kimmy Schmidt? Ellie Kemper, uh, it was revealed earlier today that she was a KKK princess when she was 19. (laughs) What? Stop the podcast. (laughs) What is going on? What? Hold on. Google break. Yeah, Google break. (laughs) Ah, my last day as Ellie Kemper's agent before retirement. Now I take a big sip of coffee and read the latest headlines. I see... Oh. Okay. I I'm seeing a news clipping, but I'm I'm on lipstickalley.com. <laughs> uh which is not probably a reputable source. I also see it on theavocado.org. All right. Well, I'm Go ahead and cut that. Why is there <laughs> I'll cut some of this, but I'm leaving some of it in because it's so like unbelievable. It's um, just like it's just like Mad Libs of our lives. Anyway, how did we get there? We were talking about Timothy Chalamet. We were talking about the Dune. Skeletons. Oh, if they were ever going to make a Dune Messiah movie, yeah. I got really into thinking about. I just have a lot of notes musing on the Tlaxu because they're so yeah. weird. Like the the yeah. the face dancing and the golas, and it all feels. Like, it's all still space magic, like the rest mm-hmm. of it, but it feels very unnatural and gross to me. Yeah. You know what I yeah, mean? Like they're like, it's like a perverted, uh, uh, 
way of life with like the golas and like even good like hate is like i hate being alive and like <laughs> people call him duncan and it's like please please don't fucking call me that's that. not like, that's <laughs> someone else that's not me <laughs> yeah yeah it's like um, he's kind of like suffering the whole time i noticed that um somebody mentioned about the talaxu that they the quote is they produced a killer medic overcoming the souk inhibitions against the taking of human life so i wonder if the Slalaxu are who removed Yue's imperial conditioning. Mm. I think that they probably are. Um, Maybe, dude. And then um, I'm gonna I'm gonna plant the seeds of this now because I'm gonna come back to it later. But um, okay. the and so if you think back to like um like um what's his name um. Oh my god, what's the planetologist? Kynes. Um, If you think back to, like, Kynes' death scene, um, I think that's such a good example of this. Frank Herbert does this thing when he writes where he doesn't do... He doesn't, like, surprise you, usually. Occasionally. But, like... He he makes it very clear what's coming, and he and yeah. and you figure it out, and then you have to hope that you're wrong. Like, yep. that's whenever very some, true. And he's so good at Especially that. Especially like, at the end of this book. Right. Well, that's why I said I'm com- going to come back to it, because, yep. um, like, when they deliver the Gola to to Paul and Alia, they both know right away, like, this is a plot to, like, destroy us. Mm-hmm. And, like, this is probably how they want it to go, and then they fall for it anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, they just, they, they just let it happen. Um, yeah. And then, to come back to what you mentioned earlier, I wrote, uh, dot, dot, dot. The what must be explored? Because uh, the <laughs> yeah. Reverend Mother says, I believe the brother-sister connection, yes, or yes, cr- must crossbreed, be must be explored. Yes. And yes. Um, and I don't see how, and I was I wrote at the time, I don't see how that could mean anything but Paul and Alia, but I am hoping that I am misunderstanding. Uh, yeah. The next scene, I think the next scene is Alia training um, at, like, to a higher level and everyone's like you could have died bro um and she's naked and like right so before she even does that this and this scene is so good so she's like sitting in a bath um and she's just sort of remembering for herself she's like in her in her infinite reverend mother memories she's remembering um all of the fremen orgies which we thought were maybe not literal orgies but now seems like they actually are yeah yeah i read Um, that i was like oh i was wrong yeah, and um, and 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 so she knows what like sexual pleasure feels like and everything. But she's but God. but she, there's like a whole thing about her like it not being the same as like she's never actually experienced it, you know. Mm-hmm. And like and like there's like a primal flesh hunger that she feels that she can't <laughs> deny. And and what I wrote about it was um. Alia distracts herself from her sexual awakening by nude sword fighting a practice dummy at higher difficulty than anyone has ever done before. And boy, if that isn't what being 15 feels like. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, I mean, it's it's such an, it's another one of these things that's so interesting that, like, it's, these are space witches from 9,000 years in the future on a gigantic dust planet full of huge worms and they still find like like i still related to alia's experience of youth in a way that like 
I feel like I don't usually relate to characters in books. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Like the just the 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 rage, the the I mean, it's not even rage. It's just kind of like energy that needs to be released somehow. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, <laughs> Alia does so by fighting a training dummy and she and she goes up to like level 12, which is like yeah. if she makes a tiny like hairline fraction misstep, she'll be killed instantly. Yeah. And like Paul reveals to her that he like he went up to ten once, which was already way too high, and Gurney kicked his ass for it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That was that was that was a great scene. Um, yeah, and I was yeah. worried because she was naked, and it was like, no, don't like don't say this. you were worried something don't. yucky was gonna happen. I thought like he was gonna see her and be like. Oh fuck! That's my kid's sister. <laughs> I don't know. Like, oh no, no! I, I was, was I was so scared. I was like, don't, don't like, don't look at her in Frank Herbert. If you write anything about like, if you write anything, I'm any kick your any ass. judgment of her body, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. He didn't though. Um, no, yeah, no, because <laughs> um, um, uh, Paul and uh, Stilgar come in. And Paul sees that she's fighting this dummy on level 12, and he does not make any judgment of her body. He's, he basically says, what the fuck are you doing? You need to stop right... Or he, like, he like throws a couple of knives at her, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, of course, they, they do not hit her. Um, but they, they come to her with important news, which is primarily that um, the people plotting against them are going to try to steal a worm. Yes! Yes, my next because note was they go and steal a damn worm, baby. <laughs> well, so they the conspirators want to try to start producing spice on another planet, which of course will yeah, take a I long was like, time. Oh, fuck. But like the only That's reason so Paul is emperor, right? The only reason Paul isn't like obliterated is because he can destroy the spice life cycle at any time. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they get that going somewhere else, they don't have to. Um. Yeah. Oh, um. There's a lot in these books where because there's the prescient characters and they always have to try to explain it to other characters so um uh i just i just thought that stilgar is still cool as fuck because ali is like trying to explain prescience to him she says that that she is on a hill and he's in a valley so she can see further than him but there's a mountain blocking how far she can see so and she and she says prescience yeah, or prescience? I don't know. I've really just been reading pre-science. <laughs> mm, no, it's it's definitely like they're prescient. But um but she's telling him that like there's a danger behind a mountain that she can't see yep. and neither it like she can see further than Stilgar can, but neither of them can see what this danger is. And she's using this like mountain and valley and stuff as a an allegory. And Stilgar comes back at her and says, "But whatever comes from behind the mountains, must cross the dunes. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. He's still a Fremen. He's still cool as fuck. I love Stilgar, man. He's th- really cool. Yeah. Um, All right. Uh, my next two notes, uh, I hate. I don't like my next two notes. Go on. And I will read them thusly. <laughs> <laughs> or as uh, Frank Herbert would say, I will read them presently. Mm, um, he does say presently quite a lot. All right, my next note was Genghis Khan? Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> was he a Sardaukar? Question mark. Oh. And then, and then uh, my next note is 
Hitler is one word I thought I was free from in science fiction. <laughs> well, okay. So, um... Emperor Hitler, question mark? This shit is whack. Yeah. So, um, Edric, the conspirator slash guild navigator, comes to talk to Paul. Um, yeah. and I will say, like, th- there's a very, like, the tension between them is so good. Like, as yeah, we've Frank experienced so really good times. at writing tension. Yeah. Um... Shoot, I I think it's I think I don't remember which one of them says it, um, but one of them says this line: "Language is nothing more than a weapon to you, and thus I test my armor," which is mm. like Paul really hits us with these. Like everybody talks about fear as the mind killer, but nobody talks about language is nothing more than a weapon to you, and thus I test my armor, which I think is insanely cool. Yeah. Um. They make an offhand mention of the Zabulon conquest, which is a very funny sci-fi name. <laughs> um. And then yeah, at some point they're talking about like there's a few mentions of Earth in this book. Like earlier, Cytale says something about yeah. the Golden Age of Earth, and I remember yep. reading that and thinking like, how does everybody like this guy knows about Earth <laughs> from yeah long- yeah. And then um yeah they're talking about the like ancient history and like former emperors um. And um, they say that Genghis Khan, mu- um, quote, must have had impressive weaponry, like las beams. <laughs> and Hitler, quote, killed more than six million. Pretty good for those days, Paul says. <laughs> um, yeah. And then Paul, and then after that, Paul says, I've killed 61 billion, sterilized 90 planets, completely demoralized 500 others. And it's like, shit, dude. Like, yeah. Paul, Paul is the emperor and he was our... He was our guy, but he's like, like, kind of, this is bad, you know? Like, yeah. And, and we know that Paul, Paul still, was at the end of Dune, he was like, fuck it, let the jihad happen. Yeah. Like, just let it happen. And, and he's grown up since then. And now he like, he really wants to stop it, but he can't. It's like gotten bigger right. than him. He so, even mentions like if I die, like they'll it'll I'll still I'll be a fucking martyr and it'll happen no matter what. So right. So when he says I've killed sixty one billion people, he's not gloating as the emperor. He's like no. he's very bitter about it. Um, yeah. but he also like recognizes his power still. Yep. Um, they they find they find the girl that Sightail abducted dead oh, in the desert. Yep. And it's like, ooh, like. To them, it's just they just found this dead girl in the desert, which is right. weird. I don't but think like, we, I don't think we know it's her yet. No, 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 no. We do. They, they. Oh, do we? Yeah, they say that it's Othaim, Othaim's daughter, which is I, mentioned oh. earlier. Yeah. Um, but like, but but they don't know. They don't know why it happened or right, how it happened. But we, as the reader, like, dead. I remember reading that and I was like, what are the? So what did he want with her? <laughs> like, why did he yeah. kidnap her then? Um. Um. I feel like Alia is was very much becoming the protagonist in this book because um, like yeah I think she shared it with Paul definitely but yeah, like yeah 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 um because she's out she's out in the desert with Duncan and like and and she's thinking about and talking to Duncan about how she like people people worship her but she doesn't she hates the like Fremen religion that's been founded around her. Yes. And like, and she just wants to be normal. Like, like <laughs> yeah. she just went, I, I thought that She's was so freak. funny. Like 
She just right, like she just wants to be a normal person, and like Bro, she's 15. now she's growing up, and she just wants to grow up like a normal person. And um, yeah. and this is where we see the first glimpses of Duncan Idaho still there inside yeah, the so gola. trapped behind the gola. He he starts to he he recognizes feelings that he had from his old life, and um, those feelings include. One that uh, made him kiss Alia, which still felt yucky to me because she has, of course, the memories of countless lives, but she is still 15, you know? And like, it doesn't say how old Duncan is, but I know he's like a grown up. And I know it's like like, when he got drunk, he was like, wasn't it said like he probably slept with a lot of ladies in Arakeen that night? Um, I don't remember, but like, like... he seems like a womanizer, but I mean, like, I guess he's different now. It's a different um, guy. It's hate. Um, but yeah. it's still, I just mean purely by his age. I just got yucked out by it a little bit. And obviously, um, I'm a... I, I don't think it was, it, it didn't yuck me out. I get why it yucked you out. Um, it yucks me out like on paper, but it didn't yuck, it didn't yuck me out. I'm applying yeah. my morals to like space witches from the future. So it's not the yeah. same. But yeah, it's still yeah. just Paul like... Paul just said he, he killed six billion people. I still just wasn't rooting for that to happen. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, totally, totally. It's um, like, all right, if that's what's going to happen, then whatever. It's like the yeah. jihad. Right, which which Paul desperately wishes he could end. Um, yes. Oh. Um, they, so, so Gaius Helen Mohan was of course told that she could never come back to Arrakis or she'd be killed instantly. But then Paul yep. suddenly summons her. And, yes. And, and brings like, her... what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. And um, again, it's another scene with great tension between the characters because they're talking to each yeah. other. And and she's... Because tr- she's trying to... um, She's trying to talk him into into this whole air, like get, getting yeah. down with Irulan thing. Um. And um, I was just so glad that she kind of got to be a real character in this book. Like, not a major right, one. totally. She got to really, like, do stuff. And before, she was just creepy old lady. She was just a weird old lady that knew everything and you didn't know anything. Um, and then um, <laughs> um, Edric is there as well. And they make a reference to the clothes that he's wearing. And, of course, I still kind of picture the big fish thing right he was wearing like a black like leotard they say yeah a leotard yeah like like is he doing acrobatics gymnastics yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) that's also my first thought was like no he's wearing his black leotard yeah like but they said something like he is of course wearing his signature black like as as if he wears it every day as if that was mentioned before Yeah. yeah yeah and then um and then there's a little paul has a little prescient moment where he Ooh. he's talking to Chani about she she they managed to get Chani pregnant, and yep. I thought um, he was bluffing in the scene. By the way, and he realizes that she's going to die when she gives birth. Yes, he like has a moment of prescience with that, um, which is which is like what I was saying before, where like Frank Frank writes something and like he never he never makes it a big twist. Like a shock. No. It's always, you know it's coming from a mile away, and you just it's have to... It's not like to... it's like the last line of a chapter, like, wait, wait what? Like you, yeah, you, no, it's... Like, it, and it's like the characters, like when they have their, their... When they see the future, like, 
Paul knows what's going to happen and he just has to hope that he can change it or that it something changes mm-hmm. and, and it doesn't happen. And and so us reading the book get put in the same position of like, now Chani doesn't know that she's going to die when she gives birth, but Paul does. And so do we. And we yeah. just have to hope that something doesn't happen something the changes, way we think yeah. it will. Yeah. Um, so, so, um, Sightail, of course, then comes in and he is disguised as, as the, um, the girl that the, was killed in the, the dead girl. Right. Yep. He, he is face danced into her and he's, and he's doing a very good job. He, he's, he, he yeah. acts just like her. Um, but Paul is not fooled for a second. No. Um, it, so, it even said like, he probably could have been fooled without the Bene Gesserit training. Right. Um, <laughs> And so, so Saitel is, but Saitel is there to, to trick Paul into going to this house where he will collect information on, um, the conspirators against him. Um, which of course is like, oh, you should bring Chani, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) This is, of course, um, Paul recognizes that this is a trick to, to probably kill him. Um, so he basically throws... Uh, he throws Sightail in jail because he knows what's up. Um, and then he go. He still goes. He goes to this place yep. to get this information. Um, and he he has to go meet with um, with Othaim, who was yep. like a a major character in the first book. Um, not major, major, but like not major. He was like, I would say it's one of his uh Fadikin, right? Right. Yeah, it was one of the Fadikin. Um, and he was like instrumental in the attack on. The Harkonnens. Yes. Um, At the very end. And so, so Paul goes to this place and he's greeted by this little rascal <laughs> dwarf guy <laughs> named named yes. B, named Bijaz. Yep. Um, who's this weird Why little guy? I like. I really liked him too. Um, this is when when Brian Herbert mentioned that his father sometimes wrote in poetry first and then turned it into prose. He didn't even bother turning it into prose in this book. <laughs> um, I just, um, here is, um, here's a, 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 just a quote that I, that I, I wrote down page numbers for myself so that I could find okay. this. Um, okay. Uh, I'm just going to read the whole section cause it's, it's funny. Sure, sure. At the door, you called me sire. Paul said, you know me then? And uh, you've sired, sire, Bijaz said, grinning. You are much more than the base Usul. You're the Atreides Emperor, Paul Muadib. And you are my finger. He held up the index finger of his right hand. Bijaz, Dury snapped. You tempt fate. Hmm? I tempt my finger, Bijaz protested, <laughs> voice squeaking. He pointed at, U- at Usul. I point at Usul. Is my finger not Usul himself? Or is it a reflection of something more base? He brought the finger close to his eyes, examined it with a mocking grin, first one side, then the other. Ah, it's merely a finger, after all. He often rattles on thus, Dury said, worry in her voice. So it's just like, and that's only one example. He like, but he talks in weird, like, parables and rhymes yes, and stuff. Yes, yes. And, um, and, and he also has a little, like, chip in him. Yeah, it's a list of all the Fremen that are plotting against Paul. Because earlier we learned that, like, there's something that Saitel says as the girl that, like, no no one that wasn't a Fremen could have known. So it's like, fuck, now the Fremen are in on this. Um, right. So, yeah, the, the dwarf has a list of Fremen that are 
uh, are naibs, the, the leaders of Fremen sieges, I believe, um, that are conspiring against Paul. So, um, so Paul goes to the house and meets Othame, who got, who was a huge, like he was a big deal in the jihad. He was like a general. And on some planet, he got something called a splitting disease, which makes half of him like deteriorate. And he's now like old and dying. Yep. Um, cool. and so he gives, he gives Paul the dwarf, who is just like basically a little man full of information. Um, <laughs> a little man full of information. That's all. That's his whole role in this thing. But he was also, he was made by the Tlaxu, of course. He's not a yes. Gola. He's just like a man that they made. Um, but, but of course the Tlaxu can like program anybody that they make. So they get to like decide what they're like. Um, and then, and then something happens on Paul's way out of this house. Yes. Something pretty major. Yeah. What's called a rock splitter? A stone burner. A stone burner. Wow. Um, A stone burner happens, and a fire, like, fully engulfs the house they were just leaving, and it blinds everybody. Including um, Paul. Including our boy Paul. Yeah, so um, it's, it's like, a, it's an atomic weapon, and it basically just, like, gets dropped from the sky or something, or, like, it activates in the house, and then it, like, it burns with the brightest light ever, and, like, just, like, burrows right down into the ground. Yep. And so, like, any, like, everybody in the house, of course, was vaporized, and, like, even, like, Fremen who were standing too close to it are just completely dead. And everybody else, the light is so bright that, like, you know, like, Paul throws his arm across his eyes, he tries to, like, cover his eyes, so, because he knows what will happen if the stone burner gets him, but it's, he's too late. Like, everybody goes blind, him included. Yeah. And then he, uh, he's, he was seen next morning with Chani. Um, and it's, you can't even look at him cause like, it's just like, well, it like sockets now. It's like, it, it like melted his eyes out. Like it didn't just, yeah. it, it didn't just blind him. Like his eyes are like, he has empty sockets in his eyes. Yeah. Ma- ma- my notes says man's just hanging around with eyeless sockets, um, <laughs> but he can still see. Right. So he, and I thought this was clever. So, cause he can, he can look into the future. Like he can see into the yeah. future. So what he, what he does is he just sees such a like minor fraction into the future that he's basically just seeing with his like yeah. mind, um, which I thought was very funny. Yeah. Um, it's sort of it's it, it seemed almost as if like fr- it, it was it, it, that that workaround is so funny. It's almost as if like Frank Herbert was like. Frank Herbert didn't write the scene where Paul gets blinded, and he was like, all right, well, if, if Paul gets blinded, then this is how I'm going to fix it. You know what I mean? Like, he yeah. wrote himself into a, a funny situation, and then, like, just, like, kind of, like, it, it was so, like, tech, well, uh, technicality of the of the rules of the universe. I mean, it um, all comes so, yeah, back around, because, of course, it nice. will be it will be important again. Um, oh, my God, yeah. As everything he writes is. Because, of course, um, something we didn't know before, the Fremen have a rule, which is that if somebody goes blind, they're not useful anymore, and they should be cast out into the desert. Um, yes, yes. Of course, um, Paul, Paul, is Paul is not quite blind. He seems like he should be, but he isn't. And of course, any of his Fremen, um, uh, soldiers, he will pay for them to get to Lelaxu eyes, um, yep. so that pay they're not handling. blind. Yeah. Um, 
One Something I really noticed, though, was in these 12 years since the first book, like, yeah. all the Fremen were these, like, powerful, strong, like, even the old ones were, like, just, like, battle-ready all the time and, like, and, like, in such yep. great health. And the, and, and just seeing, like, this book tells this story of how the, how the, um, the jihad just, like, dismantled them. Like, Ferok yep. is, like, old and feeble. Like, Othame is, has a splitting disease. Like, he's dying. And Paul, and, and, and Chani is having this, like, incredibly difficult pregnancy. And Paul, yeah. and Paul has had it, just had his eyes melted out. Like, like, yeah. all their bodies are being destroyed by this, by the jihad. They're all deteriorating. Yeah. That's what a jihad does to you. Um, and then we find out from Chani something that Paul hasn't seen, which mm-hmm. is that she's pregnant with twins. Yes. Which is part of why her pregnancy has been so difficult. Um, we discover that Bija's, of course, it's that it's, they say it in the first book and it's never more true than this one. Treachery within treachery within treachery. Cause Bija's yeah. does have the list of all the Fremen conspirators. Um, because of course the conspiracy doesn't really care if they get found out, but it all, yep. Bija's is also like a key meant to unlock something in hate that will make him awaken and kill Muad'Dib. Yes. Um, so, so he's like, he's so, he's a tool. He's like, there's so many different levels to every part of this thing. And, oh, and, and, and the, and what, what, the way he's going to awaken him is he's going to say something that's going to make Duncan Idaho awaken in hate. Yes. Because he's laying dormant in there. Um, and I just thought it was so funny. No, no, Gola has ever, has ever reverted to their former life. Yes. And I, I thought it was so funny because... We now have actually spent much more time with hate than we ever did with Duncan. Like, he, yeah. he's a character in this book, and he's important, and he has, like, he talks to Paul and Alia, and he has, like, feelings and stuff. And so if he gets replaced with Duncan, it's like, that that will actually be the character we know less coming back. Yeah, it's another, it's another reset. Yeah. Um... Oh, right, so, and then and then it's back to Alia, and she, um... She's taken so much spice, like, she's overdosed on spice. Oh, she ODs on spice, yeah. And it's because she's trying to see who the father of her children will be. Mm Mm-hmm. And she can't, like, she can't can't see see him. Which is, like, that made me nervous again. Because, of course, um... Yeah, I was like, don't be incest, please. Because, of course, like, the dark space that the female Bene Gesserit can't see is... Paul oh, is Paul. Like you will see, you like look at the look at the space that you cannot. You will see me looking back at you. That's what he says to mm-hmm. the Reverend Mother in the first book. So I was like really nervous about that. <laughs> um we we know for sure that his name is pronounced hate because Alia yeah. says the word hate H A T E and Paul's and 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 hate is like, "Huh? Like what? Who's talking to me?" <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I forgot yeah. that. Yeah, so the next thing that happens... Oh, oh, we I should have mentioned. this. The part where she overdoses on Spice, um, where Alia does that, is she's giving her, like, daily address to her, like, adoring, like, p- right, like pilgrims. People coming to, see, like, ask her for, like, ask I her I know to... pilgrim doesn't have to mean buckle shoes, but... <laughs> God, whenever I read <laughs> no. it, I think buckle shoes. No, you know? I meant people making a pilgrimage... I know, and I know, she, I know. But when I read wearing, Pilgrims, I was like, 
buckle shoes. And they're oh, not wait, all wearing big white socks and and yeah. <laughs> and, and, and and big tall hats. Because if if they cared about witches, they wouldn't be supporting her. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. The American pilgrims classically uh, are very sort of, anti-witch, right? Um, yeah, historically, so um, which is also very cool. Like Paul sneaks in to like watch her give this address, and yep. um, um, and 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 she's very uh, you know, it's it. He he can tell when she's phoning it in, which I thought was kind yeah. of fun. Um, but the next and thing she, that happens, kind of feels like she knows he's there too. The next thing that happens is um, it's time for Chani to give birth. Yeah, so she goes into the desert, and there's a honey. There's a big storm coming. She she goes out there, and Paul is there, and Hate is there, and like every member of the like major member of the conspiracy is there. Yeah, <laughs> like like it's like all the main characters from the book are in one place, and it's like yes, uh oh, like Uh-oh. this is it's the end of the book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're getting to the end of this one. Um. And Paul knows what's going to happen. Like, he can feel that Chani's not going to survive this giving yeah. birth. And he, um, so he's, like, waiting outside. And he's, like, just coming to terms of, like, what he's done over all this time. Yeah. And he's realized, like, he's destroying himself by taking too much on his own shoulders. And he, he says, um, the quote is, I tried to invent life, not realizing it had already been invented. Yeah. Which is just, like... Oh man, oh, like man, dude. like he's truly. You can see like he's he like he's. This is a guy who like knows everything. He's a Mentat Emperor, Bene Gesserit. Like he has basically all knowledge available to him. But he's he's yeah. like he doesn't usually introspect in this way. So he's like really right. coming to terms with himself. Um. And and Chani gives birth and she and she dies like we knew she, she would. Yep. Um, and then, I realized at this point in the story that the only ambiguity we'd ever been given was the Duncan Idaho hate thing. Like we just don't know which way he's going to turn. Yes. And that's the, that's the only thing that we don't like, don't really see coming, you know, like the only right. major event of this book that's like unpredictable. Um, and, um, and 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 Bijaz gives him the activation to kill to kill Paul and and Duncan like fights back like he has to he has to stop right, himself he even says the trigger like Paul even himself even says the trigger phrase she is gone oh right 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 it was when yeah when when he says she is gone that was what was going to reawaken Duncan Idaho and he would kill Paul right and he even and even like he he you can it's so great like he's He's like switching between Duncan hate, Duncan hate, um, and he's like, "Please run away!" And he's like, "No, I'm gonna keep looking at this window, bro. I I have nowhere to go." <laughs> he's like, "Wait, no, you don't understand. <laughs> I'm gonna kill you. I'm sorry." But he like, um, but he like he vanquishes the demons inside himself, and and yeah. Duncan with, and now Duncan Idaho is back. Which yeah, and then like the book starts calling him Duncan. It's like, oh fuck yeah. <laughs> which I will say, we knew was gonna happen eventually. Yeah. We knew that Duncan Idaho came back in some way or another, and um, that was actually spoiled for us by um, a person who we recently talked to, which we will talk about at the end of the show. But um, um, so so since Paul um, Paul didn't know that there were going to be twins, and since he's he doesn't yep. see with his eyes, he only sees with prescience. 
he he only vis- sees the daughter. His visions had only shown him his daughter, right? So so I I realized like maybe the son is like a new Kwisatz Haderach, like an even more developed one, and so Paul right. can't see him. Oh oh oh! But then another layer of treachery that I forgot about because Duncan was always going to recover and not kill Paul. That was always the part of it. Because, because now, yeah, Paul Paul wants to go see his twins. Um, an old fucking side tales here. That fuck. That bastard. And he's all like, I'm going to fucking kill your kids, all right? Well, he says, or, um... Yeah, bring he your says... Bring old back. We can... We, you see now that we brought Duncan Idaho back completely. He was yeah. a Gola, but he isn't anymore. And we can do the same to Chani. If you want her back, we can, we, can, we can do that. You just have to do whatever we tell you. And you have to do it fast because they're going to fucking take our water out of our body. We can't do it anymore. And, and it's so tempting to Paul... But yeah, like, but but he can't. He knows he can't let it happen. And right, right. The the prices. I think he says that there are some prices the Atreides can't pay, or, or right. something like that. And then um, sudden, and, and the coolest and, shit ever happens in this fucking scene. By the way, right. Um, I, you know what? I'll let you. I'll let you go through this part. Because, but I'll set the scene, which is that yeah, yeah. is like holding a knife to to both of Paul's infant children. He's like. Like, you have to basically do what I say, or I'm going to kill both your kids right now. There's no way you could move right. fast I'm enough. so fucking fast, dude. And you and you have to see, like, a fraction of a second into the future because of, of your eyes with your prescience. Like, there's no way you could be fast enough that I wouldn't kill your babies in time. Right. But. Paul fucking. Well, because, like, at this point, once Chani dies, like, he's actually fucking blind. He, um, he, yeah, his prescience is gone. Yes. He's actually fucking blind, and it's just like, oh, fuck. Like, Frank Herbert's only writing, and, like, he feels someone go to the left of him, and then he, and behind him, and now he's hearing Saitel from behind him. Like, it's, he's just kind of surmising what's happening, but then he, like, for a fucking moment, he opens, he feels eyes, and now he's seeing through his son's eyes. Like, he sees himself at the other side of the room. I wrote. He sees Saitel's knife. Yeah, I'll just interject real quick. I wrote, yeah, yeah. Pa- Paul's using his baby's eyes to see. Whoa, that's going to get awkward when they're a teenager. Yeah, yes. Um, it's just like, oh, fuck, shit's getting fucking weird and real. Um, and then Paul throws his uh, cries knife um, right at fucking Saitel's eye. Like, <laughs> and it's just like, like it's yeah. It says that he's dead before he hits the floor. He like, um, yeah, he like, it hits him with such force that he like bounces back off the wall behind him. He's right. just fucking done. It's just so fucking cool. Um, and then like he names his son Leto, which is like his daughter, which is like I forgot. Uh, Ganima, which yeah, is like a name with which, a bad omen. Yeah, it's like a Fremen name that has a bad omen to it. But Leto is like, I just thought like. Like, I feel, look, I'm not, this is the thing, like, Paul's in a later stage of life than me, of course. I feel like if I had a baby who was killed, murdered, and then I had another baby, I don't think I'd give him the same name as the first one. Right. But whatever. Yeah. Um. I was curious, like, why was it when Paul and Chani had their first baby, though, why didn't, sh- why didn't that baby kill Chani? And, like, why couldn't Paul see 
through that baby's eyes, you know? Yeah. I think yeah. that I have an expectation that we will know more about that in the next book. But Right, right. But I don't know. Killing Saitil with the throne knife using his baby's eyes to see is like the coolest thing I've ever read in my life. Yeah, it's so fucking cool. Um, of like, course, Frank Herbert does a great job writing like, it. Like that was, I don't know. I feel like the way... Well, all right, all right. Let's let's finish the story and then we'll talk a little bit more about about. Yeah, it sure. Um. So yeah, like. So Paul he is names truly blind. Kids, now. and then he goes to his room, and then the last little like, oh fuck moment is when the, the dwarf comes back and he's like, "Hey, fuck you!" Oh, that's um, right. You, uh, hey, fuck you! And uh, Paul's like, "Duncan, <laughs> would you just kill him, please?" When he, <laughs> he just <laughs> fucking slits his throat. It's so good. Um, because Bejes is a real bastard. Like he's very funny, but he sucks. Yeah, um, um, and then um, what we all kind of knew was coming happens at the very end. Uh, since Paul is completely blind now, he must go how all fremen, how all blind fremen go, which is into the desert to be cast out into the desert. Yeah, and Paul does, and he is he is free now. Right. Um, it's and it's and, a, and he he has a whole planet for a grave. I think someone says of him. Yeah, um, which and I thought he, was really cool. And he really cements himself as a Fremen. Like, of course, the Fremen all started worshipping him and doing whatever he said, and that's how the Jihad happened. But he, like, in his, in the end, he was, he was, he was a Fremen. He died a Fremen, yeah. Yeah. And there's, Um, Duncan's talking to Silgar, like, he was like a, I don't know what they call it, but it's pretty much like, he wasn't born a Fremen, and and Silgar's like, no no one's born anything, bro. Right. Um, Um... He's. I just love. He is free now, as he walks into yeah. the desert to die. He um, had so much on his shoulders that he, of right. course, like t- he took onto his own shoulders. But like, it still, you know, pained him, and it still weighed yeah. on him. Yeah. So he, he, yeah. it was a his his final act was, you know, out of reverence for his people and also, you know, respect to himself, and. um yeah. And of course, so back, you know, loose ends are being tied up. Back home, Alia has basically already had uh, Edric and and the Reverend Mother and and Corba, yeah, who all is killed. A, Corba is a, like just a fremen who betrayed them, and and she just had them all just like beheaded, basically. And I yeah. I just realized, like, you know, at the end of the book, like now that now that Paul is gone and Chani too, like all the traditions, all the last traditions from Paul's parents, um, are gone. Like, yeah. Nothing, nothing that was the way, when the way Dune started was, you know, 14 years ago in the timeline at this point, and nothing is the same. It, like, no. nobody, like, no customs are the same. Of course, Ollie um, is alive and, like, has all the memories of Jessica, but still, like, it's But she's still she, a, totally a new person, now. yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, yeah, and, and that was how it ended. And I, I have to say, I think part of the reason I like this book so much is... Um, it was, it was shorter, but everything yeah. in it, like, came together so perfectly, right. I felt like. Yeah. And, and Dune was more linear, I think, a little bit. Like, sure, yeah. Dune was such a great story, but it's like, it had to set the stage. And this one had that behind it, so it could really play with, like, I don't know, like, such a confluence of events that, like, every single thing that happened mattered about, you know, yeah. later, again, yeah, yeah, yeah. something else. And... Um. Yeah, 
I, I can understand why people didn't like it as much as the first one. Like, I still don't think yeah. I liked it as much as the first one. I, I, we, we both don't like it as much as the original, but I wouldn't call it a bad book. I definitely no, really, really liked it. Right. Um, but, um, yeah. I, I have to say, I don't think that we've seen the last of Paul Muadib. No, I don't think so either. I think that I think that he is probably dead. But I think I don't know, there's something about when you don't see a character die, they're yeah. not they're yeah. not completely gone, you know? Yeah. For sure. Um, um so so I and think And I miss fucking Jessica, man. No Jessica, no um Caladan with Gurney yeah, the whole time. No Gurney in this one. It was definitely like it was a different story, for sure. Like no yeah. worms. We were, we were, no. that's, we try not to talk about the, yeah. the book too much outside of recording this, but we yeah. did, we did notice there are no worms in this one at all. That's so fucking funny because we had that conversation and then I like read the last 40 pages or so. Yeah. Um, and fucking Alia sees a fucking worm. Oh really? <laughs> like the last few pages. Yeah. Just like off in the um, distance. Yeah. Like before anything happens yeah. with Paul or anything. Um, I think Ollie just offhandedly sees a worm, or maybe no, no, no. Chani does. Um, when she's about to give birth, when she's out in the desert, um, Chani sees it before Duncan pulls her back inside. Oh, um, oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, um, yeah. That's so funny because that's like, like that was like the next thing I read after we had that conversation. <laughs> um, uh, what a good book yeah. though. Like, no, yeah. you know, I mean, like talking it over with you, I really, I think I liked it more than I thought I did. Um, some really great moments, some really, 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 really cool sci-fi stuff. Um, yeah. Dune Messiah. Yeah, Dune Messiah. So, so, so now it's on to... It's on to Children, Children of. of... Children of Dune, which is not as long as Dune, but it is still pretty long. It's about yeah. 600 pages. So we have to... We have to decide something, like, we have to decide arbitrarily here, because, like, we were lucky with Dune, because it was divided into three parts. Um, we're going to yeah. take two months to do this one. So, yeah. All right. Here, Here's what I think we can do to avoid spoilers, but to still divide it in half. Okay. Hold on. I'm just grabbing a bookmark. <laughs> yeah, we kind of have to like cut the cake on on a it's it's about no it's it's about a six hundred page book. So if we go to about three hundred pages, um, what I'm gonna do here for the listeners at home is I'll tell you. I mean, we have we have the edition of the books that we have. We is have one the that's, Ace Mass Market edition, so they're not they're paperbacks. They're by Ace. It's like um, the first one on Amazon. So like you know if you're yeah, reading, but they're not they're not the they're they're the mass market paperbacks, which are uh like skinnier than the than the traditional paperback versions so so if you are following along with our reading um we are in our editions i think we'll read for next month we'll read to page 314 um and then i'm gonna read out loud right now the little blurb at the start of the next chapter the one that we won't read Yep. And and that way should mostly avoid spoilers, hopefully, and will give us a chance and, and, and will give you like a stopping place if you have a different book than us. So it reads, the password was given to me by a man who died in the dungeons of Arakeen. 
You see, that is where I got this ring in the shape of a tortoise. It was in the souk outside the city where I was hidden by the rebels. The password? Oh, that has been changed many times since then. It was persistence, and the countersign was tortoise. It got me out of there alive. That's why I brought, bought this ring, a reminder. So that is the little I feel like that's pre- pretty good because that's like what the fuck you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the fuck that means, but that's the little pre-chapter thing, um, and that's of course that is on page three fifteen. So we will read yep. until page three fourteen if you're following along. Um, so that is how much you should read before we yep. come back. Um, and before we go for today, um, I have a couple things that I want to plug. Just some housekeeping. Yeah, we um were recently uh guests on another podcast. Hell yeah, we were, and it was we, the best. It was so much fun. We were on the podcast is called um I Could Be Your Mother. It's mm-hmm. um it's these two ladies uh and occasionally one of their husbands join he usually comes in sort of for the second half of an episode and they kind of just talk about their lives and um they're you know they have like they're basically a generational gap between them so they talk about the the difference in in what their lives are like and it's very funny and they're very nice people and they mentioned dune in one of their episodes and they found us and we basically did a whole episode with them where we just all quizzed each other on on dune and stuff and it was a lot of fun just kind of shot the shit as well yeah yeah and 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 go and go and listen to it and listen to the rest of their stuff too they're very funny and and super nice people Um, really 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 good time yeah so that is called um that is called i could be your mother and um if you for some reason don't have the time to get into another podcast and you just want to hear the episode that we are on uh it is up uh, right now on their uh, feed, anywhere you find podcasts, you will find them. Or you can wait, and we are going to be releasing that as our mid-month episode this month. So uh, for June 15th, that will be uploaded onto our feed as well. Woo! Um, you can also check out our subreddit. It's reddit.com forward slash r forward slash lgwid. Uh, it is not very active at the moment, which is no surprise, but I do post um, every episode on there for listening, and um, there's no moderators or anything other than us because nobody's yeah. active on it. But like, but it's a it's a it's the one place we have for discussion of the show. If anybody wants to do that, yeah. Uh, so on that note, thank you so much for listening to Let's Get Way Into Dune. Uh, we did not say our names, uh, if, if this is your first time listening. I am Silas Harris. And I'm Dan Kelly. And we like to end things around here by... Uh, we, we like to end with a little bit of wordplay. A little funny... A little bit of wordplay, if you're a new. Little, a little funny um, quip or pun from my good friend Dan. So Yeah. So, Dan, take it away. All right, here we go. Uh, if if Goofy, uh, if if Goofy, uh, the dog from uh, from Disney's Mickey I think, Mouse. I think we all know Goofy. I think we all know Goofy. <laughs> if he uh, was on Arrakis, he would he would say, "This is before I do this. This is dumb." <laughs> okay. Um, he would say, "Still garish." <laughs> 
Oh, fuck yeah, I got you. Okay. I was, because I was trying to figure it out. I was trying to figure it out and I couldn't and, and that was good. All right. Thank you. All right, bye-bye, everybody. Woo, see ya, buddy. Welcome to the I Could Be Your Mother. <laughs> I Could Be Your Mother podcast. Wait, uh, before we start, okay. check, check, check one, oh, check one. Will you check, shut up, please? Check. 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 I am Rebecca. My wife's hoity toy, uptight snot. And I am a Gen Xer. She's so angry. Angeline. Keeping it real, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I'm your favorite millennial. Are you though? <laughs> I should be. You're maybe top five. <laughs> We'll see. I'll take it. And we're going to talk each week just about our friendship. How's the sound quality? Is it good? No. Well, I think you should say check more. <laughs> and we're also going to pick like different events and stuff to talk about. Stuff that like shaped our lives. And and he was like, no, let's freaking embrace the boobs. Let's freaking just the boobs. That's going to be on a t-shirt. Let's just random crap. Suck it competition. <laughs> <laughs> I could be your mother. Coming at ya.